1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft, hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Indianapolis in the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. And B.J. Kissel, joined by a special guest right now an NFL Network, analytics expert, Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, thank you for joining us.
3: Always oh, a pleasure to be here. Congratulations on all your success. This is awesome. Thank I you. Can't believe, 18 shows a week. Do you sleep?
2: No. We have a lot. At Chiefs Kingdom, you can't feed the appetite enough, and it helps that they're it. very good. I get it. Uh, that's been a good thing. But, um, yeah, you're just trying to different shows, different styles of shows, trying to bring different perspectives, former players, former love insiders, it. analysts, film breakdowns, the whole deal. I love so. it.
3: I love everything about that. I'm going to have to watch the film breakdowns too. I love that.
2: Yeah. Uh, Matt Castle, that guy, he comes on.
3: Oh, him? Heard yeah. of him. Little 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 star called Matt Castle. He comes
2: on with Matt Hamilton. If nice. you're familiar with Matt Hamilton, yeah. former Good Morning Football producer. Amazing. They do they do a show together, breaking down the Chiefs offense. I love that. And then Derek Johnson, all-time leading tackler, Chiefs history, comes on, breaks down the defense. Craig out Mike DeVito. It's cool. Thank you.
3: You know, my mom is a massive Chiefs fan. I did not know this. It's so weird because I'm from Michigan and she just, she met Patrick Mahomes once and Mm -hmm. she was sold she's like obsessed with him. She's like, did you know he had a daughter now too? You know he's, do you know he has a son now too? Like, you're like, okay, mom. you like, I'm like, stop stalking the man. She's like, she's like, he puts it on his Instagram. It's not my fault. She's like, I just look at it.
2: <laughs> Sounds like my sister. She's always like, did you see this? Like you posted like no. eight minutes ago. Like, no, I'm not paying any attention. I'm sorry. You, why do I have to look at it when you're going to call and tell me 10 minutes later? I don't need to be the one to look at it. But um appreciate you for joining us i always enjoy chatting with you um over the years we've been able to sit down at these events and do these things and i'm curious for for your position obviously you're the first analytics expert at nfl network you've been doing it when did you start with this particular position this
3: was my seventh season okay so it's been a little bit yeah
2: how is how have you seen just the analytics side of things both on the field and like the practical applications of coaches yeah. doing that. And then also just the the media awareness and the way that people talk about these types of things. How have you seen it progress <laughs> since you first started?
3: Well, now we have to hear that annoying in game, like the analytics say to go for it. <laughs> like that drives me bananas because it's not always true or right. But, I digress. But yeah. the reality is, is um, like, look, like uh, we've seen it explode from the standpoint of like the technology that enables people to use data faster. That's really been impactful for teams because you're not really doing anything different. You're just doing more of it and able to use it faster. So, I, like, it's been great. And I think the storytelling behind it, people have become more and more attuned to what like we talk about next gen stats and at first the next gen stats just felt like they were speed like this guy's reaching top speed and we're like well okay but do we really even want him to because like that's like a corner and he shouldn't be running anyways but the but but then it's it's now like going to things like you know burst right like how fast someone gets off the line when you're trying to you know like Chris Jones is awesome burst right so it's things like that so it's like quantifying like how good is someone or what does this mean in the context of wins and losses which is what really matters
2: yeah I think people and you tell me if I'm wrong because obviously playing in your space but like it just seems when it comes to analytics that people want everything to be black and white. Like this is this is the number, this is the decision you make as opposed to it being another tool in the toolbox for coaches to be able to understand the different things that are going on.
3: I, listen, everyone wants everything to be fast and easy. Like I want to go on a diet and lose 10 pounds tomorrow. I don't want to have to do the hard work of like working out and eating right, right? So we all want things so fast. We're so impatient. Look at all the things we do in a day. Like, do you want anything that takes a long time? No, but the reality is, is if you could make yourself have 10% better decisions. Like if there's 70 plays in a football game, that's seven plays. Think about how many games have come down to seven plays, like all of them. So, or many of them at least, right? So the the truth is, is if you can make the quality of those seven plays better, then you've done a good job. And it's just unsatisfying because we all want something to be now and fast and black (laughs) or white, but we want that for everything, right? So it's finding comfort in the discomfort and playing the long game and understanding that sometimes you could have this process and the outcome isn't what it, it still stinks, but <laughs> your process was actually good. So it's all about figuring out like your comfort level with risk and how you understand risk tolerance for it, because you just got to stay patient. It stinks. Yeah. It stinks. You just got to keep eating your salad and going <laughs> to the gym and you will lose the 10 pounds. Right. So.
2: <laughs> when you see how far it's come since you started, you said like seven years ago, what do you think seven years from now? The, the analytics world is going to look like again both on the field and the, the applications for the, the coaching staff and obviously yeah. uh, my background with the Chiefs I, I got to know Mike Frazier when I was yeah. there and a lot of these guys behind the scenes oh, that do well, phenomenal work to getting coaches here and giving me the information but what do you see it looking like seven years from now yeah. both from broadcast just content consumption just all of those applications where fans are consuming and absorbing uh, this information that it's not that it's new but it's yeah. being delivered in a new way
3: yeah so Two things. The first, I think some of the biggest advancements will be in like the stuff that like the sports performance areas because mm. like there's still so many ways where like areas to go and, and even though we're pretty advanced with like even sleep and all that stuff like there's just so many like which is great we want the best players to stay healthy and not get hurt like absolutely I love all of that um I think you'll start to see more of the broadcast I hope like so I'll, I'll, I'll do my shameless my shameless pitch like I really want to do in game like the way like a Dean Blandin or a Mike Pereira comes into a game I want to say like hey Um, The the reason that or like the probabilities here, but just so we're clear, it's never like um, all or nothing. It's always like, you know, hey, uh, so Patrick was just been pressured on the past four dropbacks. One resulted in a completion for a first down. But now we're at third and 17. And Mm -hmm. we're going to have to like the reason you're seeing like them only try to, you know, go for 10 yards, even though they have 17 to go, because they're going to take the fourth, whatever. Like, it's like, so, like, it's, it's why? Well, it's because they've been showing him zone defense, so he's just giving a shorter pass to, uh, you know, whatever. Like, I'm making something up, but, right, like, it's just a little bit more of the why. Because yeah. the more football is a complicated sport, even for people who know it well. And the more context you can shed onto why something is happening, the more interested people get in the game. Right. Like why. Yeah. We all wanna like how many times have you been be like, why? why? Why, why, why? Right. So <laughs> if you can just give like a little bit of why, I think that's where it will eventually go.
2: I find myself going to like the fourth down bot like account and just being like, Should they do this? Should they not do this? And yeah. I know that's just no, one piece. But that's of, fun. But what, like it's it, it is, right?
3: It's fun. And, yeah. and and, and that's, it's good too. But, and it's also like the history of things like, you know, like in general, fourth downs work from this yardage 20% of the time, that's not a high probability outcome, but it's yeah. not always the, like, that's not always true. Like for the Colts, they were really good at it in weird situations because they had the play ready for it yeah. and they practice it. And it's not weird for their players. They're not, you know, like they have yeah. more than three fourth down plays. So they're going like, so it's, it's just, it's normalizing something that isn't normal for every team.
2: I. And I haven't really thought through it just while we're having the conversation, the applications I would love to see in like seven years. We know the players wearing the sensors that say how hard they're working that they use them on the sideline to to make decisions, guys coming in coming out. I would love for that to be available in real time, to know what the heart rate is of guys and
3: to, it's hard because that's like HIPAA stuff you right know what I mean like but yeah. like, yeah no, but I think it's it's I would love to know Patrick Mahomes heart rate like in the Super Bowl throughout the entire thing like I feel like it doesn't change right like I just don't feel that's like, why I was
2: going with it yeah, exactly you're gonna see everybody else is just spiking and his is yeah just calm. and he's just
3: like what, what what are we doing it's Tuesday <laughs> afternoon like it's the same you know what I mean like yeah. like I feel like I I think that'd be awesome to but I feel I also feel like you already know that about you know what I mean like you already know like he's not he's not sweating this. like yeah. truly <laughs>
2: let's let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs and just obviously the the 2022 season from your perspective yep. uh what was the most surprising thing about the way that it played out? obviously for us and our audience we're very happy with the way that everything played out <laughs> yeah. but, uh for yeah. you and watching just what was the most interesting um intriguing storyline that you followed throughout the year and then even through the playoffs
3: well Look, I think beginning of last season, everyone was like, oh, Tyreek Hill's gone. The whole thing's going to go to hell in a handbasket. Like I, it was interesting to see how far along Patrick has come in reading defenses and adjusting to what defenses give him, because we already knew he was like a, you know, he's up there goat level talent. Like I'm, I'm happy to say, like, I'm already, you know, I, I, he's not Tom Brady yet, but like, we'll be having that discussion soon. Right. Like, so like we already knew he was there the the reality now is like well how many how many of these has he got in him right and you saw this year felt a lot of people i guess thought it was like rebuilding year um i in general i think the afc is super hard so winning the afc is like i mean all of those teams are really good and the fact that like you get into the playoffs like they're like luck of the draw for some of it truly truly like that's a hard that's a hard conference. NFC was much easier this season. So like what really was, su- was surprising and effective was how Patrick became the coach and not just, you know, no shade to anyone who was orchestrating the offense, but you really saw him take not just like this, like athletic step forward. It, he's cause we already knew he was the beast there, but like yeah. the, it was really, he was a coach this year. You know, yeah. you saw, you saw a lot of changes. You saw like a lot of like, he was the coach. And by the way, I really liked that they had fun too. sounds stupid, but like we, we get lost in all this. Like you see this, like, you know, like the Travis Kelsey, like what tornado, whatever (laughs) thing they did before, like they are having fun still. And like in, in these high pressure situations, it was nice to to see that being remembered because it's a long season and it got to be very heavy and it was nice to see that levity.
2: Yeah, it was it. It's the fun side of Andy Reid coming out. and You want to see why guys love to play for him. Not just they do the goofy plays, but they have a culture that allows yep. them to go and practice these goofy yeah. plays and be willing to come out there. And there's been reports coming out about whose idea it was and when it all came out. And like it's just he lets them show their have personalities. Fun, yeah. He lets them have fun. They're playing a kids' game exactly, uh, for the most part. Exactly. And, um, yeah, that it's it was fun to, to watch. see that
3: strategy work, though you know, cause that, yeah, that's not like,
2: that's true. If it doesn't work it for a right, younger coach, but, that's
3: yeah. For a younger coach, it could be problematic. It be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's talk a little bit about the draft and um, obviously what we're all here for, um, with the scouting combine here in Indy, who are the players that, that have stood out to you or that you're most intrigued to follow throughout this pre-draft process?
3: You know, it's interesting because obviously quarterbacks every year, blah, 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 blah. blah. Great. But <laughs> there's a lot of different flavors of quarterbacks. I think it's going to be like, which one do you like? And there'll be camps, but there's no like, there's no one that you're like, holy smokes. That's crazy. I think the value of cornerback this season, there's a lot of good tight ends in this draft too. Okay. Still not that exciting. I mean, like, unless you're going to become Travis Kelsey, then (laughs) I like, whatever, but, but the, but the, Whatever. That is what it is. I'm interested because my my premise, my thesis this year is really great corners are going to be even more important. We saw it a little bit with Sauce Gardner and the Jets. You saw what a big difference like that first season guy who got paired with a really nice free agent. D.J. Ray did a really nice job, too, and that changed like the quality of their team. Now, I love yeah. Trent McDuffie. Let me be clear. I'm a big McDuffie fan. Yeah. I think that give him a little bit more help, and you'll see that, and I know he was hurt for you know a number of games this season, too, so it's, it's just, I want a full, but let me see what these corners have got because yeah. that is, now we've seen, like, we have a couple of seasons where wide receivers were just, like, absolutely so plentiful and there were so many really good ones that were added now you need to see the the counterpoint right point counterpoint point counterpoint so i'm interested to see how the corner class shakes out in general because i think it's a huge advantage yeah
2: it's gonna be an interesting storyline for Chiefs, and we've been talking about this for so like the last you know, week since, you know, yep. things kind of come down after the Super Bowl of roster composition yep. and that Brett Veach and his staff did such a good job oh, hitting yes. on their draft picks last year. There wasn't just Trent McDuffie, but Jalen Watson and Josh Williams. 100%. She said, I think the fourth most snaps played by drafted rookies. Well, last nine year. of them
3: were on, nine on a <laughs> like, Super Bowl. That's, yeah. you know, pretty, pretty impressive. Good job, Brett.
2: Not bad, but it, it's an interesting story because Legereus Need is up for yeah. a contract and Ugh. has earned it. He's Uh been very, very good. Uh But if you have three rookies that have been playing, knowing that if you pay them in the open market, you're going to pay a pretty penny. Do you look at that when you're building that cornerback room? Do you want more? Do you want a veteran in that room? Or these three rookies just showed that they can go out and play. Do you need to bring in a veteran or just draft more young guys?
3: I guess the question is, what's the, what's the actual price? You know, we talk about it in theoreticals, but I think that like, that's what Brett is masterful at, right? They get these contracts where like Patrick has one of the best contracts that could imagine both for for both parties because they're both incentivized to do the same thing which is win and you're like i think your bigger question is like so frank clark uh 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 i mean because chris jones you gotta pay him you know like so it's like i don't know so uh, sneed's an interesting one i think i don't think sneed will be a chief but not because he doesn't deserve to be one but because i think the price tag he played his way into i think he's going to get that crazy top level money and i know this is going to sound weird but there's no longer using like remember you used to call people like a slot corner it was like like a, a shade yeah. Oh, he's a slot corner He in the slot like he's old he's washed up now you need that slot corner to be nasty you need a nasty slot and you need that you need a, the ability for the nickel to be spoken for and accounted for so i guess yeah. it's just going to be my my question will be <laughs> what's the price tag for that yeah i don't know I think I, he'll make, I think he'll be one of the highest priced. but I just don't think they're going to be able to afford him. Unfortunately.
2: Yeah. And that's one of the things Brett Veach and his staff are going to figure out this week. And he talked about it when he did his media, that so much of this week, we come here to talk about the prospects and the prospects come and do all that, but so much gets oh, yeah, done no. about trades and 100%, agents. And, 100%. And so much more at the combine is actually about just the, con- everybody coming here, things get streamlined. You can yep. get, have those conversations being done, but yeah. uh, Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network we appreciate you for stopping you by for having you me catch her and everybody at NFL Network with their live coverage of the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine March 2nd through 5th again on NFL Network coming up we will have Mr. Charles Davis <gasps> right after this shut
3: up he's my favorite
2: he's my favorite
3: I love too. him so
2: we'll be right back you're listening to
1: the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City KC Sports Network we'll be back right after this Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Radio Row here in Indianapolis at the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. Great stuff there from Cynthia Freeland and going to have a lot more great stuff here with NFL Network's Charles Davis will be part of the crew and all the coverage. You can watch that live on NFL Network starting tomorrow, Thursday, March 2nd through the 5th. Always good stuff, and always great to chat with you, Mr. Charles Davis. It's
1: great to talk with you. It's been way too long. Congratulations on the network. I'm so happy for you, and I think it's pretty awesome. And I just met your guy, Tucker, and he said it's pretty awesome when he gets paid. Other than that, he's not so (laughs) sure how awesome it is, but, you know, we won't say that on, oh, we're on air? Oh, my bad. We're rolling now. My my, my bad. I thought that was a private conversation. It's now public. All (laughs) right. We'll have this Tucker Gets Paid. (laughs) <laughs> everybody's
2: getting paid on the network we'll have that conversation but yeah we uh tucker and i talk a lot about starting a network and doing things you don't know how long things take or how much work things are until you do it certainly looks like it's so, doing
1: well so congratulations guys! it's
2: working thank you um i'm excited to to get back to some of these events throughout the year we were at, at the east west shrine bowl had a chance to sit down i think 38 guys mm-hmm. uh with 15 20 minute one-on-ones out there got to notice you, select-
1: you selected um las vegas over mobile in the senior bowl
2: yeah, mm. I, I miss mm. the Senior Bowl for a lot of reasons. We can get a lot more for what we do um, at the Bowl. But you coming out Shrine Bowl? You come to Vegas? You us hang out sometime.
1: Listen, to, they don't know, overlap the
2: entire time.
1: They overlap enough that it screwed up everything. Yeah. I mean, when they move to where they're playing on a Thursday, the same week that you got Senior Bowl practices, whatever happened to each one has its own week so that we can all get to all the places we want to go. That's all I'm saying.
2: You've got some pull. I think that uh, you can make this happen.
1: Yeah. You notice that you notice that they're overlapping. So that shows you how (laughs) much pull I have.
2: All right. Let's talk about your six favorites. I got six questions for you. Okay, Six favorites from the year. We'll start with kind of just big picture NFL season. What was your favorite story, your favorite storyline throughout the, the NFL season in 2022 that you followed all the way through?
1: For me, and, and this is going to be a little bit of a Homer thing, but it's one that I started with at the beginning of the year. I picked Patrick Mahomes as the preseason MVP in, in whatever thing I had to do, right, mm-hmm. for his company I was working for. To me, my favorite storyline was Andy Reid turning a lot of the responsibility over to Patrick Mahomes in the offseason and trusting him to carry it through, which he did, and to make people – Better along the way to go to different spots, to blah, 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 culminating in a Super Bowl. Okay. Truthfully, the biggest thing, of course, is DeMar Hamlin being okay. But let, let's just put that as its own separate category and an overarching yes. That's right. That beats everything else that happened in the NFL. But for me, watching Mahomes take on that responsibility, make the next step advance his career, show the world that he's not just the kid out there freewheeling and having a good time, but he has responsibility for this ball club and for being who he is. Yeah. That's what the greats do. I, Him being great wasn't really the issue. Yeah. This cemented it.
2: How special is it for you? I mean, we – and granted, you're talking to, you know, Chiefs fans that we've been very – it's been special to watch him. In a lot of ways, I've joked that it's it's ruined football in a lot of ways to watch <laughs> how – many difficult things he makes look very easy Yeah, uh, and the the playmaking ability. And you'd watch other quarterbacks and they're running to the left and you see a guy open way across the outside the hash. I'm like, why can't he just turn and throw it that way? Patrick does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but for you and just how well, you know, the game, what what impresses you when you watch him? Is it, is it just the, the crazy stuff that we see the no look passes mm-hmm. or is it just the command of the offense? There's so many different things with it. What stands out to you when you watch him? What do you appreciate?
1: To me, it's, it's, it's because he does so many of those things so well, that we will show on highlights ad nauseum. We forget the throw where he goes to his back foot on a five-step drop and, hit and zings it and hits the target on the move. Mm-hmm. We we forget the part about, hey, in the huddle, hey, maybe I'm pretty sure he's telling him, hey, you've run that 12 round, 12 yards, such and such. This time turn outside instead of inside, mm-hmm. you know, because I saw something, blah, blah, blah. You know, the 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 connection and the trust that he has in Kelsey. I remember watching, I think it was the Cincinnati game. They high load him on a bracket coverage very early. Remember early in the ball game? And he throws it to a spot knowing that Travis could go get it, but other guys could not. Just watching all of that just continue to develop. And then watching the swirl around him where everyone has the confidence that he's going to get it done all the time. Well, you don't get it done all the time. But it yeah. certainly feels like he gets it done yeah. all the time. And, it, and and to me, that's like a Jordan. That's like, a you know, I don't mind taking the last shot because I'm pretty confident I'm going to make it. It's like Kobe used to do. And if I don't, I'm still going to take the last shot next time because I'm the best option for it. Yeah. It's just that much fun to watch and watch him handle everything that's on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Some things people bring to him that he doesn't need to be dealing with. But guess what? They bring it to him. We in the media will will, will question this, 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 and this. Are you going to deal with that? And he's like, what am I doing? But guess what? Same equilibrium, same deal. We only had Kansas City. My broadcast team only had them once this year Mm. Um, because, you know, they're they're like rock stars. They're going (laughs) to be on every primetime 425 game going. Um, But when we had them, same young man that I met years ago. It's
2: probably the most special part. And, again, I haven't been around for a couple years, but uh, the thing that I always take away is that, you know, you've got, guy with the greatest start to any quarterback's career in NFL history yeah. and knowing him away from the field and away from the microphone, that he's just a genuinely like good, normal human being. Good dude cares about the people around him, cares about his teammates, cares about his family.
1: And they care uh, about him.
2: And it's not, there's no disingenuine. That's
1: no, just pretty, a normal, it's it's exactly it's who you want to be. Yeah. It's pretty special. And I just think that that was part of Andy Reid's genius too, yeah. was to, to add that to his plate and let him know, this is how I feel yeah. about you, young man. Yeah, I'm putting all my trust in you, and there's no way Patrick was planning on letting him down.
2: Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Favorite moment of the year in 2022? And you, you already mentioned Demar Hamlin, so. Yeah. I think that one's for anybody yeah. that watches football and
1: has hard. <laughs> there were so many. The Jordan Jefferson catch in Buffalo was, it was just, I still can't believe he caught that. Yeah. Like, how the heck did he catch that? Because, look, the kickoff return to start the Miami game, or which would no the new England game. That mm-hmm. was the Demar Ham- That would be part of the Demar Hamlin deal. The touchdown Mahomes to Kelsey yeah. against the chargers, which turned out to be the same play we ran for <laughs> yeah. special again, but that catch by Jefferson. And that was one where Kirk cousins who very much is, has to be in control and everything has to be. And what's the reason he threw caution to the winds and just put it up there and trusted that number 18 would make a play. Yeah, and he made a play that was beyond anything even Kirk Cousins expected, or the Vikings, or the Bills. Remember, they won that game in Buffalo. Yep, yeah. that was a big deal. That was that's probably my favorite moment of
2: the year. Yeah, there were times watching Justin Jefferson where, very rarely, does it seem you have really good players, you have next level players, but you know where the ball is going, they still can't, still stop can't it. stop it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's similar to Kelsey and Mahomes, and what we see. Not that I spent a lot of time watching the rest of the NFL, uh, like yourself. Favorite moment or part of the Super Bowl from this year?
1: Favorite moment or part of the Super Bowl from this year?
2: <sighs> Could have been Rihanna just energizing the Chiefs for the second half. Came out in all red, just absolutely, everything changed.
1: Yeah, it wasn't that, I can tell you. <laughs> it, it was That was good, don't get me wrong, but that it wasn't that. For me, it was much more how Kansas City kept their poise and was so surgical in the second half and everything elevated mm-hmm. defense elevated offense played where Mahomes only had one incompletion. I'm pretty sure he got a little help at halftime. Cause you remember the big story was he didn't take any help for the AFC championship game. Well, the way no. he ran the second half, I'm pretty sure he got a little help at the half. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what pros do. And then he went out and played. It, it was just the way that that team looked so veteran and so confident in who they were. Yeah. And just kind of refused to lose that one.
2: Talked about going into that game, the championship pedigree. And not that the Eagles didn't have players that no. played in big games or that had been on Super Bowl team. Listen, I thought that was
1: a better football team yeah. going into Super Bowl. I mean, I made no bones about it. I thought they were a better football team in so many different ways. But 15, yeah. <laughs> he's a great equalizer. And then the defense may, made some plays when they had to make some plays. And I know everybody's screaming and yelling about should have been interference. Did he grab my? It's a clear grab. Like when, yeah. it, when Bradbury goes, Yeah, I grabbed him. I just <laughs> didn't think they call it. I don't know why we're debating it anymore.
2: Uh, they take the situation.
1: Yeah, you but know. You're not gonna that. get any
2: cheese fans, they're not gonna get empathy from cheese fans. We no, have forward but, progress call from your Like there's I mean, so many on. plays I mean, there's that so many things that about. go
1: along and you know the field was the field was the field. I right. wish it would have been a better turf, but guess what? Both had to play on it. Yeah. We can go on, on on and on. I thought it was a heck of a ball game overall. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts, if he didn't <laughs> if he if people didn't get the message that he's really good on the biggest stage. Come on, folks. He could was have, sensational. Could have been more impressed, and not again. Didn't watch a
2: ton of Jalen Hurts besides, you know, the two weeks ago in that game. Didn't know a lot about him. Didn't follow all his pressers, but I don't think he or anyone on that team could have handled everything, anything better than yeah. the way that they special, did. Special, um, special. After it, all right, let's talk quickly about uh, some of the players in this draft. Some of some of the stuff that we're doing here at the combine. Uh, favorite player in this draft.
1: Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback. So okay. many question marks. People want to ding him for his size. I think he's the best playmaker in the draft. Playmaker extraordinaire. He is my favorite player. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Probably because this is not a year where the quarterback is that locked guy. It's not yeah. tra- It's not Trevor Lawrence here. Mm. But I think he is the one, and I'm going to ride with him Okay. no matter what. Although we'll all be holding our breath tomorrow when we hear height and weight.
2: Yeah. They've already been analyzing pictures of him walking down the hallway. Yeah, out on social media. I thought thought you were gonna say a Tennessee guy. Being honest.
1: Yeah, you know. I mean, listen. Every now and then, I try and you know not show my orange, but you know it's you know it's dripping out of me.
2: Actually, new uh, new show to the KC Sports Network. Dustin Colquitt. We're gonna host a new show. Another another guy.
1: Good. You know, you know, a little red and orange. It can work together.
2: Yeah. All right. Favorite sleeper in this draft.
1: I'm gonna go. um, I'm gonna actually go Homer. Call here. Julius Brents, corner, Kansas State. Fell in love with him in uh, the senior bowl. Hear that, Tucker? Long, long corner played a lot of boundary corner there for Coach Kleeman and crew. Um, came from Iowa, and let me mm-hmm. tell you something: they train you on defense at Iowa with Phil Parker, mm-hmm. so he just carried that over to, to Kansas State. I think he can be a playmaking, long type corner in the NFL. He looks like a Seattle Seahawks corner, mm-hmm. but I think his movement skills are better than be, good enough that he doesn't have to just play cover uh, c- cover three.
2: As a K State alum, or cover one. I'm hoping you didn't do that on purpose, just because you're on KC Sports Network. No, talking about a player I mean, that we spent a lot did, of time on tell, our K State channel I, talking I did, about him.
1: I did tell you it's a little bit of a homer call because I know the area I'm in. Yeah, but you can ask my guys who were with me in the Senior Bowl if, if if I fell in love with Julius Brents or not. And They'll probably roll their eyes and go, "Yeah, we heard that a time or, or, or a thousand. Those All Star
2: games, those big long corners can stand out, and having watched Julius Brents, and he'll come up and hit yeah and so that he's got movement skills he will it.
1: come up and tackle i just think he's the type of guy and and you know i'm not gonna say he's Tariq woolen because Woolen's speed was right. so incredible last year but the build is similar
2: yeah all right last question most important one favorite part of the combine
1: you mean other than when we go to the airport <laughs> And other than
2: sitting here and talking with me every year, at least for six years, and then take a couple years off. No, it could,
1: it could be the shrimp cocktail, no, the steaks, no, everybody, no, all that no, stuff. No. What, you, you know, your, my favorite part? part is whenever that, that young person emerges that maybe we either knew or maybe we didn't even know the story, mm-hmm. and they have a big combine and the emotions flow. Yeah. I, DK Metcalf, who had, had a broken neck. Mm-hmm calling his mother after he blew away the combine you know those types of things when they just emerge out of nowhere and you're just like oh that's a pretty cool moment that kid just did something look we didn't we missed Isaiah Pacheco just how good a combine he had last year when Mm -hmm. you go back and look you go holy are you kidding me when he ran four three six and he benched Mm -hmm. you know the world and he did this and he did that and somehow still went in the seventh round so that just tells you is for all, for all of us who, who think we're evaluators, who think we're <laughs> picking, who think we're doing sometimes, you know, we just fall into it and to get him in the seventh round. Are you kidding me? The way he runs. I know that, you know, he runs angry and all that stuff, that kind of term. He runs with as much passion yeah. as anyone I've seen playing a long time.
2: It's an Energy giver. He really Coach is. Coach Reed says he, it all the time. He, he
1: absolutely is. And, and he, for him, every play is a joy. Yeah. An absolute joy. So it's fun to watch. And we saw him here and we oh, yeah, he had a nice combo. But did we really blow him up? The answer was no. Yeah. We really didn't.
2: That was the beauty that last year we sat down with him at the East West Shrine Bowl. So they drafted him in the seventh round. And we're doing a live show at Casey Sports. We throw to the interviews like, we have the Chief seventh round pick sitting down. And we asked him his favorite play from college. Gave us a pass pro rep. So let's go watch a blitz pickup that he had and in he, a big probably, he, he
1: probably stoned some guy he and it just <laughs> dropped him like a, like a bag of dirt, as they said on Seinfeld. So yeah, he was, was uh, memorable. He was pretty special. And, and you know, that's what you get at this combine. A lot of stars. Sometimes mm. they cemented a good number of stars come and don't do all the things, but sometimes you see these kids emerge. I remember when Logan Wilson from Wyoming mm-hmm. emerged at this thing and ended up being a third round pick. And now look at him, he pushes for pro bowl. Um, you know, it, it's just fun to see. Mm-hmm. And just to see them do their things. And then when they set a bar for schools like Wyoming, the next guys that come through were like, Hey, you remember when that guy <laughs> from Wyoming did it? Well, here's another kid from Wyoming. And we had the kid, the linebacker last year went to the Jaguars in the second or the third round. Yeah. So we end up having that. Chad as uh, a Chad Muma. Yep. Yeah. So we end up having that that, that happens along the way. It's kind of cool. Love it. Love all of it. Not to mention Great. every school possible could be could be here. When That's you think about it, it's not just North Dakota State anymore. South yep. Dakota State won the whole thing, and they're tied in. Tucker Craft is here.
2: There you go. Make sure you're checking out NFL Network with uh, Charles Davis and all of his coverage, and we appreciate you, Charles, for stopping thanks, by thanks hanging for out with me. us.
1: Always great to see you. Congratulations again on the network. Thank may you. It, may it grow to the point where Tucker's asking for a raise by next week. <laughs> all He's,
2: right, He does that anyway. Appreciate oh, okay, it anyway. Appreciate all you for listening. We'll get you next time.